church in Georgetown to see men and women putting their trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as their Savior. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, man. As Charlie said, um, a few months ago, I kind of approached him and said I wanted to go into church planting and was really excited about it. Also very nervous, obviously very nervous to be here today. <laughs> um, but probably not as nervous as that. Because that was, uh, looked really cold. Back there, huh? Nice. <laughs> nice. I guess I'll learn that part one day. Um, like I said, I, I'm just really excited to be here. Um, to talk to you today about spiritual gifts. And so whenever we talk about that, I think that we all think of one in particular, and Charlie already referenced it earlier, but that is speaking in tongues, right? Um, but I want to focus on this scripture. And, and really, if we focus on that one gift, then we're going to miss on, on what God is really trying to tell us in this passage. And so, um, again, this, this is probably one of the most divisive passages over the last hundred years. Uh, in 1906, there was a pastor by the name of William Seymour that moved out to California and started what we know as the Azusa Street Revival. And whenever he did that, um, basically his meetings were characterized with um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and people speaking in tongues, um, miracles, uh, prophecy, and, and, but it was loud, and, and there was just a lot going on all at the same time. And, and so we see that it was, um, it's probably a lot like, I don't know if maybe some of you have been to a church service like that. I, I know I have, um, and it can seem and look spiritual, but, you know, there's a disorder, and, and there's a, a lack of reverence in that in that meeting. And, and so today we're going to see that the Corinthians are very, very similar. Um, they're not Jews. They don't have the, the upbringing of the Torah and knowing the laws of God and all these things. And so whenever they came into the church, they brought the world with them and they brought all these practices with them. Um, and in so doing, you know, it might've been energetic and emotional, uh, very active. They, they've got the tongues, and, and they've all got gifts, and Paul kind of commends them on their gifts, and like, hey, you guys have a lot of gifts, but they're not using them appropriately, and so he kind of addresses a little bit of that today uh, in this passage. Um, one thing that I find to be interesting is that in this passage, it talks about how spiritual gifts are for unity, but this is one of the most divisive passages over the last hundred years. In fact, back then, uh, when this first started kind of rolling, they would speak in tongues. And so there was one crowd over here that said, if you don't speak in tongues, then I don't think you're saved. And then there's another group over here that says, if you speak in tongues, then I think that you're possessed. And so... This thing, again, that's supposed to bring unity brought this division in the church, and, and uh, you know, that ought not to be. I think that we're using the gifts for our own good instead of the purpose that God intends for them. And, and that's, what, that's what today is about, is that the gift was not made for you to keep and to use for yourself. We're not given 
uh, a gift so that we can go on our own plans and our own agenda, but our gifts are given for use in the body, for the building up of the body so that we can grow and so that we can, we can mature into the body of Christ that, that we're called to do, uh, to be. So first we're going to start off in um, 12, 1 through 3 today. Just read that real quick. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And we see in this passage that it says Jesus is Lord. Nobody can say that but by the Holy Spirit. And whenever you you hear that, you think, well, anybody can say three words. But it's about having a true confession. And that's what I find to be remarkable, is that if you have put your trust in Christ today, I have the Spirit of God living inside of me, and you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And that's what, that's what makes that unity. That's what makes us the body, is we are one in, in vision, in, in purpose. And so um, that's why this is so important. And the, the first point today is that we are united in our confession. Again, these, uh, these Corinthians are they're converted idolaters, right? They, they would create these experiences um, because they were worshiping dead idols. They were worshiping mute idols, it said in verse 2. That, so they would build up and they would, um, you know, just kind of conjure up these experiences to, for the lack of power that God had, uh, that their gods had. And so now they, they had idols that never spoke and they were, they were led astray by them. And then we see now they have a God that speaks to them by his spirit. And he lives in them and he directs them. But again, another one of the problems that we're seeing is that some guy might have the gift of prophecy. Um, and so there are some gifts that are more, um, you know, people are like, wow, man, look at, look at God working in that person's life. And I'm over here. I got the, I got the gift of service, man. I got I to set up and tear down every, every Sunday. This is awesome, right? And... Uh, and so they would, they would start to conjure up these experiences and, and make it look spiritual, trying to compensate or like overcompensate for the fact that they don't have that gift. But it's a disservice, it's a disrespect to God, it's to His Holy Spirit, because He's the one that is doing the work. He's the one that is giving you that gift. So for you to um, manufacture another gift is, is to take that glory away from Him. Again, we are unified in His Spirit. It's living inside of us. And that, that leads us kind of, another point here is that they said Jesus is Lord. If we have the Spirit living inside of us, we have accepted Him into our life. But do we call Him Lord? Is He in charge? Or are we just kind of, you know, maybe Sundays or maybe, you know, whatever it is. But whenever it comes to every part of our lives, have we surrendered that over to Him? Or do we do our own thing? 
with, with Christ as Lord of our lives, there should be unity in the church. That's why we are called to, to use our gifts for the unifying of the church because it builds up the church and it doesn't look like anything else out there. There's nothing else out there that is so sacrificial and so giving. That's why we will look so much different, but we get so stuck on ourselves and what we can do and what we can offer instead of how can God use me to serve these people here that I, that I sit beside, that I see on Sunday or a community group. Again, if we focus on ourselves and our art gifts and how we can use it as an individual instead of how we can use it for the body, it can lead to division, which only weakens the united testimony of the body. So again, we are unified in our confession. Let's read verses 4 through 6. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. Different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. So again... I think it's really interesting here how we see the, the Trinity. If you look in verses 4, 5, and 6, each one points to a different uh, person of the Trinity. The, the gifts are from the Spirit. The ministry is from the Lord. And the activities are from God. You have one God who is in three persons for one purpose. See, God is a God of diversity, and so as we all have different gifts, we should celebrate that. Use our unique gifts for the building up of the body so that we can grow into maturity. That's what it's for. The church has been given diverse gifts, ministries, and ways of working. And again, they are meant to bring unity as we work together for the purpose of for the same purpose, and that is making disciples that make disciples. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, um, this is probably, most people know this, for you are saved by grace through faith, and that is not from yourselves, it it is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time to do ahead of time for us to do. And again, we, we all know that salvation is a free gift. We've, you know, when we accepted that, we realized that it's not by our works. We can do nothing to attain that. And so we received that. But how many of us believe that we are his workmanship, that he is the potter and we are the clay, that we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. In fact, he has already prepared those good works for us. It's almost like he's done everything. He saved us. He's equipping us. He, he gives us spiritual gifts. He's, he's done it all. In fact, in Philippians 2, verse 13, it says, For it is God who is working in you both to will and to do according to, according to his good purpose. So he gives us his spirit. The spiritual gift, the will and the work to do for him, 
And he's prepared the work in advance. I mean, the gift keeps on going. I don't know about you, but, but it increases my faith to know this. And, and this week, as, as I've been able to look at this, um, there's, a, there's a load that kind of gets taken off because I feel like sometimes I feel like I have to go do something on my own strength. I am serving God completely separated from the power of God in my life. And, and it's not supposed to be that way. As the body, as we come in and, and we believe the word of God, we should trust that, that he has given each and every one of us a spiritual gift. Do you know what that gift is? Right? I, I don't, right? <laughs> so do you know what that gift is? And are you using it? So let's check out um, verses 7 through 11 in 1 Corinthians. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, different, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. You know, and just to point out real quick, this list that is here is not like exhaustive. There are more gifts than what are written here. We're going to see some in Romans, and then there's some in, in Ephesians as well. And so for me, what that means is that it's not about the gifts. It's about the purpose that he has given the gifts, which is for the unity of the church, for the maturing of the saints. So we read, um, and we, we also see that in this unity, we, we have... Uh, to build up, we start with evangelism, right? To build up the body is to go and tell people the good news of the gospel, to, to grow the body in numbers. But then as we come into the church, we see you build up the body so that we can mature, so that we can continue to God, allow God to prune us and, and to grow and to, and to look more like his children. And then it's also for the benefit of others. We see in verse 7, it's for the common good. How many of us, like, again, you see the gift and you think it's for your good. It's what you can do, how much you can bring to the table. But it's, it's really for the common good. Let's read Romans 12, 3, and five, three through 5. It's it says, for by grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, individual members of one another. Verse 6 says, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. And it lists some more gifts there. It says prophecy, the gift of faith, service, teaching, exhorting, leading, mercy, 
It's a little bit different list. But the main points that I want to bring out here in this passage in Romans is going to be, uh, number one, to think soberly. God is the one who gave you that gift. So whatever you have, steward it well, number one, but we shouldn't be so high, high on ourselves thinking that I am awesome and I have achieved this thing, but rather God has given it to us and that it belongs to one another. It said there in, in, um, in verse 5, we are individually members of one another. In our culture, we think very uh, individualistically, like, you know, you're your own person, self-made man, that sort of thing. It's very contrary for uh, a group of people to come in a unified vision and to say, we're all on the same mission, and to be willing to sacrifice for the good of the body. So I think that's the question there is, is do you think with the body in mind? Or is it more about how is this going to serve me? What am I going to get out of this? Um, and then in verse 6, it said again, according to, the gr- according to the grace given, we have different gifts. Get Ephesians 4. And, and I just wanted to show you different passages because it's not extensive in, in 1 Corinthians, and they all kind of collectively give you a better picture. In, in the very first part of chapter 4, it mentions that to live worthy of the calling that you've received with humility and gentleness, pay, uh, patience, uh, bearing one another in love, and, and in the unity of the Spirit. And in verse 7, it says, you know, now the grace was given to each one, one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In verse 11 through 13, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry, to build up of the body of Christ, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. And I don't know that I can add anything to that. I mean, that is so good. It's, it's so that we can be equipped for the ministry. Each and every one of us are in ministry. What is your ministry? How do you, you know, serve the collective body? They give us the, these pastors and teachers and what have you. What's it for? For the equipping of the saints. For the building up of the body. So that we can reach unity in the faith. And reach maturity. I think over in Corinthians, we're dealing with a, you know, a real immature bunch. But, you know, we can all kind of look that way at times. And so it's saying here that if we will operate the way that Christ has called us to operate in the church, we will actually grow up in our maturity, in our faith, probably in the way we can love other people. Um, You're probably going to need some of those uh, fruits of the Spirit that he mentioned earlier, and, you know, with patience and, 
and gentleness and, and meekness. Because when you're in a room with a lot of people like this, you're going to rub up against the people you don't want to hang out with, right? And, and that's okay. That's what, I think that it's the challenge of going into difficult situations and letting Christ shine through those so that when we come out on the other side, people say, wow, I never saw that coming. I mean, God had to have done that. And so we need to be willing to enter into those, those moments and those situations. So essentially in, in review, we're united as believers. When we accept Jesus as Lord of our lives, he brings us he brings unity to the church, not division. When, when he is Lord of our lives, he brings unity. We are united in our dependence. He gives us his spirit. He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us the will and the work to do, and he has prepared them in advance to do for us to do. I mean, this is amazing. I, I think we feel so alone and I have to do all these things. He has done it all. We need to trust his word. That's what we need to do. And we're united in ministry. Again, he's given uh, us each other. And the reason he's done that is for, for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the body, for reaching unity in the faith, and for spiritual maturity. Again, I, I hope that this morning, uh, it seems pretty simple, but I, I hope that this morning you can see that 1 Corinthians 12 is not about a spiritual gift. It is about those gifts being used for the unity of the church so that we can shine, so that we can look and be different than, than whatever Every, everything else that people can see. Like they, they were struggling because somebody was, had a more awesome gift than they did. And, and I think sometimes we worship the gift rather than the giver. Not being um, thankful for what we've received, but rather coveting somebody else's gift. And so what has God given you? What gift do you have? God has prepared you for that, and he wants to use you. And in fact, we are malnourished, and we are, we are lacking when we're not all being used properly the way we should be in the body. So in my conclusion today, I, I know everything is about gifts, but maybe you're sitting and you're thinking, I don't have a gift in fact, I don't even have the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what he's talking about. You see, when God created this world, he created it in love and perfect unity with relationship. We had a perfect relationship with the Father and with one another. But along that way, they all decided to make up their own stuff. And that's when sin entered into the world. And when sin entered in the world, we so did brokenness. And when that brokenness came, we tried to fulfill that need by going after money or purpose or, you know, 
prosperity. We're going after all these things over here, but eventually it doesn't fulfill and we're slammed back over into brokenness. Or we go into relationship, relationships, we try to uh, fulfill that need with our spouse or with our children or social status, whatever it is, but then we get slammed back to that brokenness because it does not fulfill. Or it could be uh, addictions. We try to numb the pain. Or whatever it is, we always get slammed back. But see, before the foundation of the world began, God knew he was going to send his son. And he sent his son to be the Passover lamb, the sacrifice that would take away your sins. And so the way that we get back connected is if, if you will put your trust that Jesus' payment was enough, and you can, you can be saved, Jesus will restore that relationship with you and the Father, and you, you can be one with the Father again. He'll forgive you of your sins, and you can turn from a heart of unbelief to putting your trust in Jesus. If that's you today, there's no special prayer that you have to pray. That's a heart thing to turn from a heart of unbelief to a heart of accepting Jesus as Lord of your life. Or maybe you're just doing your own thing. You've got your gifts, you've got your thing that you're doing, but it's your own thing. Maybe today is a question, can you, maybe you need to follow Jesus with your whole life. Kind of already talked about it, are we comparing our gifts or are we being thankful for what God has given us? We should rejoice in the diversity.